0: I was thinking the other day about every time I arrive for a meeting or a on set or whatever, there's always a handshake or a hug or a kiss. And it's just, it's one of those sort of habits that I'm in. And I just think, uh, I haven't been doing it for a long time. I wonder what's going to happen once this is all finished. Am I just not going to shake people's hands anymore?
1: Yeah, I I feel awkward about it already. I had an electrician come to my house the other day and he's done a bit of work for me over time. And, I felt like there was just this awkward moment when he arrived and came in through the front door and we both sort of looked at each other, (laughs) (laughs) but neither of us said anything about not shaking hands.
0: Yeah, it's weird. You almost need to address the elephant in the room, don't you?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it it is something, you know, like I'm pretty sure that health experts have already said that we should never shake hands again, which I think is a bit of a shame. I mean, we are humans after all. Yeah, it's all over Uh, the top. Um, But um, yeah, we've all had to sort of adjust a little bit to the, the new norm.
0: Welcome to Production Brief, a podcast for the advertising production industry. Each episode, we interview members of our industry to hear their views on working during COVID-19. I'm Brendan Lee, and with me is Mark Welker. Mark,
1: how are you today, my friend? I'm pretty good today. Thanks, Brendan. That's
0: good. So for anybody who's been listening to uh, Production Brief for however long it's been around,
1: you might know... Ages.
0: Ages. You might know that Mark and I are quite into our Kmart pie makers.
1: Uh, that's true yeah we we've both um Awkwardly bored them at the same time. And we do enjoy pie, a bit of pie making uh, banter. <laughs> my
0: my pie game has slightly dropped over the last couple of weeks. I was very enthusiastic early on, but I probably slowed down a little bit. But the reason I bring it up is because it transitions nicely to onset catering, which is what we're talking about today. And we were able to get uh, Tanya from Sweet Seduction in Melbourne to have a chat with us about um, what they're doing in catering, what's happened to them, and the productions that they were on and you know how how they see the future of onset catering working
1: let's hear from Tanya Tanya thanks for joining us on Production Brief you're welcome uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Sweet Seduction and what you guys actually do
2: Sweet Seduction has been an onset film caterer for tvcs and drama and film sets since mm-hmm. the mid 80s i have been with them for 19 years
1: wow what brings you back to set what, what do you like about the on-set experience that keeps you going for that long
2: someone once said you really like a bunch of carnies aren't you You're just moving around <laughs> all the time and i said well i like to think we're a bit more up market than carnies." <laughs> but yeah we it's being in a different environment all the time, and the I really love the pressure that the job brings and the challenges, mm. and seeing different people all the time. It's a crew's a really like family.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: you all you know get to you bond with each other,
1: and you you must see the the best side of every crew, right? You know, people turn up to lunch and. Uh, they're sort of that's their chance to uh to re-energize and to chat and
2: yeah it is because i'm I get to see them when they've actually got time to have a chat they're not standing around camera and they can't talk or yeah they're during their busy peak times it's sort of their downtime so it's nice
1: and what what kind of productions um do you sort of typically work on what what are the sort of size of production.
2: Well, I do basically fifty-fifty. So most of half of my work would be with advertising for TVCs, mm-hmm. and the other half would be drama.
0: So from from TVC, if it's only twenty-five people or something on set, you might just come out on on your own with the truck. But but a drama, how many people would be in the catering team for for a big show?
2: Well, we try and base it that there is one girl for every thirty.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So as the numbers go up we tend to up the amount of staff that we have in there.
0: Talk to us about the work as it, as it sort of started to fall away once once the um, COVID-19 restrictions were announced.
2: I was on Dancing with the Stars and they sped up the final to finish a weekend earlier than what they had originally scheduled. Hmm. Uh, they also started to work with skeleton staff in departments. Mm-hmm. We had to put in a lot of health measures, taking everybody's temperatures all the time. there was sanitised everywhere. Uh, I put in place straight away that no member of the crew was to touch any of the food items like the utensils and so forth. So we had staff that were actually serving, so I had to put on an extra staff member to cover that. They also, because it was such a big job... Uh, people, they had to utilise other studios to minimise the amount of people that were in areas. Thankfully, Docklands had no other productions there. Mm. So all of the other studios were empty. So they relocated tables and chairs to those studios and had the number of people that were allowed in the space in oh, each wow. of those rooms. So, yeah, they had <laughs> charts up of what departments were eating in what area and so forth. It was oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so you're, first... running, you're running food all all over the place.
2: Well, they all came to us, but we had actually gone in the day before and taken a measuring tape and marked out distances of where people could stand to wait in line. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah.
2: So yes, and there were meals that were being pre-packaged that were being sent over to green rooms and so forth. Uh, so yeah. yeah, and then after that finished, everything finished. It, it mm. just came to a grinding halt. You know,
0: And so, did you have jobs in the system that that were booked for either commercials or upcoming dramas that that just went away overnight?
2: Yeah, there was um, there was a drama series that I'd been contacted about, and that went mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Um, there was a a job, a small job that another sweet seduction girl, well, the other two sweet seduction girls actually were working on, and they stopped after one had been filming for two weeks and the other had mm-hmm. been filming for one week. Yeah, right. And, yeah, commercials just became obsolete.
0: And and the jobs that went away, are they saying, you know, postponed, um, you know, we'll, we'll be back or is it just uh, nobody knows what's going to happen? Nobody
2: knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah, tricky. It is tricky. <laughs> mm.
1: So are things um, pretty much on hold for Sweet Seduction at the moment? <laughs> yes, they are. Um. Tell us about, let's talk about some of the main challenges presented by sort of socially distanced productions. That's where we're sort of how we're um, framing it. What are the main um, sort of precautions that people are, have introduced over the last couple of weeks?
2: The main precautions from a catering perspective is everything, we're using everything disposable and bearing in mind the environmental impact, so it's all the bio pack. Goods that are as environmentally conscious as they can be for disposable, including prepackaged cutlery with a napkin inside so that then it's all untouched by human hands. Seating arrangements for when people are having their breaks. I've noticed a few people were going to cars and so forth to eat.
1: Right, okay. To
2: yeah, keep themselves distanced. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think, because it was at the very start, so people weren't as aware as they are now of social distancing. Mm. I think just that we have had to, in our catering perspective, we've had to in ensure that everything is done to the utmost in hygiene. Like we already had stringent hygiene practices in place, but now we've got to treat it as though the whole crew's got gastro, basically. we Yeah, everything has to be... Anything that could be even sniffed by the crew has to be sanitised.
0: And are you getting guided on this by anybody in particular or is it just sort of conversations that you're having with your own team or how do, how do you find the flow of information on what we what we can and can't be doing on setters on coming through?
2: Well, we because we have to be registered with the health department, we are getting a lot of information through them. But at the very start when i was working back mid-march nothing had been put out yet so i took it upon myself to put in those stringent um protocols Mm -hmm. and then a couple of weeks later the health department had actually sent through a whole heap of information just letting, letting us know as food handlers what is safe and so forth so they kind of reinforced what we were already doing, which was good to know mm. that we'd started to do the right thing.
1: And what about the rest of your team? Um, is, uh, is, are there any sort of productions that are in the pipeline or discussions about picking up postponed um, uh, TVCs or, you know, other productions?
2: Uh, well, TVCs, we generally only get a week's notice for when a TVC mm-hmm. is gonna shoot from when we're booked to the beginning of the shoot. So nothing has come through with that. And with the drama, that's all on hold with no word
0: back from hmm.
2: production as yet.
0: So so when these things do ramp back up and, and you know, we're all hopeful and somewhat confident that, that they will... Um, uh, what sort of things are you going to have to do in terms of you mentioned before? If there's a, if there's a big crew, you might have three or four in your team. Um, is it always just one person in the in the truck and one person outside and one person here and one person there? How how are you going to split that all up?
2: Well, we can have two in the truck, and because of the distance and spacing mm-hmm. inside the truck, yeah, uh, we set up a wash station outside with urns and so forth. For just the cooking equipment, so that then mm-hmm. that other person could do that outside. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely difficult. That's tricky.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, what's what sort of things should we be on on the lookout for? Lot what what should we be making sure that um, you know is being ticked off in in um, any catering that we're organising on set?
2: I think that you have to ensure that everybody is sanitising their hands in the crew. <laughs> I was watching people line up and walk straight past the sanitizer, and I'd feel like the principal of a school sending them back to get them to (laughs) sanitiser. It feels like that
0: should be happening anyway.
2: (laughs) I know, it's general hygiene, but unfortunately (laughs) people are just so rushed and, you know, everybody's got so much on their mind when they're on set that they just are in a rush, rush, rush. I like to try and take the pressure off and do my side of things, so people don't have to try and think. Yeah. So I think that if you just put things in place, like they have to get a prepackaged lunch, they have to line up for it all. They can be distributed to departments, so that then people are, you know, segregated during breaks to keep. A safe distance.
0: Would you look at would you look at sort of um, producing the food off site if they are if it does become sort of in you know, if if the need is to have individual packaged food on set would you produce any of that off site and just sort of do it as a, a drop off or that doesn't really work within your model?
2: No, no I do provide drop off catering, so that yeah. has been a thing in the past. Just yeah. because there's uh, a lot of restrictions in residential streets and so forth, that sometimes mm. it's not viable to have a catering truck in yeah. the street that, yeah, you want to be in early and...
0: Does that make it easier, do you think, to, to fit in with some of the restrictions if, if you are being able to produce it off-site and just drop it off?
2: Yeah, definitely. Because then, although we are kept away from the crew as it is when we're on set, we're not really mingling with you guys until those meal breaks. If it's off-site, then I have the ability to be able to have staff Platinum, mm. more staff on hand
1: mm. do you think any of the procedures required for socially distancing do you think that would take any shine off off that sort of family atmosphere or that sort of buzz of um, being around catering on set um, the
2: thing that i did notice is that a lot of will hug each other when they see each other to say hello and now you can't do that so it's kind of taken away that what everybody's missing at the moment the human connection that you can get but i think just being able to see each other is enough yeah i don't think that that's going to affect crews as long as they can talk to each other the morale will still be there
1: do you think that things will just go back to normal after a couple of months uh for catering or do you think that some of these procedures will stick around uh for the foreseeable future
2: well, I think this is gonna be until at least the end of this year.
1: Yeah.
2: And these procedures are gonna be in place. And then after that, I think everybody's gonna be a bit more aware of being hygienic. <laughs> but I I can't I can't see that people will be getting prepackaged meals on jobs for the next, you know, for the unforeseeable future. I yeah. think that it'll go I think that it'll eventually go back to being people in line like it used to be Mm. but yeah i think that as long as everybody's a little bit more hygienic (laughs) it'll all be fine
1: well thank you very much for chatting to us i hope that things start to pick up over the next couple of weeks or in the next month or so and you can get back um to what you what you do best
2: thank you
0: So an interesting perspective there from um, from Tanya. Obviously, they work in both long form and in, in television commercials about, um, you know, what, what they have already been exposed to and, and what she thinks the future is going to look like.
1: I love the way she talks so passionately about that family atmosphere of a set because it's certainly what sort of attracted me to this industry and what keeps me in. It's just that working with all those people and being around lots of people. Mm. I hate to think that there's going to, it's going to feel like there's a bit of a barrier between us for a period of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, it probably will for a little, a little while, but, um, you know, <laughs> at least if we're working <laughs> to feel that it's better than nothing.
1: Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, um, tell a friend or colleague about it. We'd love to get the word out there.
0: And if you've got ideas about future episodes or things you'd like to hear about, then let us know. Make sure you subscribe in your favourite podcast app or via our website, productionbrief.com, so you get notified of all the latest episodes. Until next time, bye for now.